hello. Are we doing this? Hello. Welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I am your host. This is my podcast. Oh my God. Well, here we go again. Another blurred week, blurred days, just blurring into the next. Um, this is supposed to be a weekly podcast. I'll start the show in a second. Uh, this is supposed to be a weekly podcast, but it's turning into more of an intuitive experience where I just, whenever I feel inclined and I muster up enough energy or I'm just overwhelmed by all the guilt uh, I have for not putting out a podcast that no one's really waiting on. It's like not, are you? I don't know. Let me know. Let me know on Instagram at Alexi Wasser if you even care. But for me, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do it. I'm going to put out a weekly podcast during this pandemic called the Quarantine Pandemic Lockdown Revolution Sessions. This will be great. I'm going to shake myself out of my funk. Ugh, I can't stand that word. Anyway, and here we are. Episode six of the quarantine sessions and uh yeah it's now it's just an art it's it's an art project it's it's whenever it happens is what it is and that'll just have to do i'm recording this on the eve of inauguration day i am not watching the news i don't want to know i don't want to talk about anything important okay can this just be a distraction for all of us I'm going to get to your emails because as you know, if you know, you know, if you don't, I will explain. <clears throat> Not COVID. How fucking dare you? Anyway. Ugh. This used to be a podcast where I interview people. I would have tangential conversations with my incredible guests, all talented, creative, fascinating people. And we would just go on these long conversational journeys. And now, because of COVID, I'm not going to invite some fucking piece of shit in my house to sit on my couch and infect me with God knows what. No disrespect. Um, now it's just you and me. And I'm serving as a big sister, as your big sister. Okay? The big sister you never knew you needed or wanted. That's me, Alexi Celine Wasser, at your service. So every week, uh, hopefully, I've been sent many emails from you, yeah, you, the listeners out there, and you can, you can send emails to dearlovealexi at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, you're the guest. You who send emails into the show, you are my weekly guests and I get to have conversations with your emails and find out what's going on with you, what turmoil you found yourself in, what you're spiraling over, what you're wondering about. And I can give you solicited advice, which is my favorite thing to do because I'm an only child. I think I know I give great advice and I know people don't like unsolicited advice. I know I, know I sure don't. So if you're going to put me in a position and allow me to play the part of your big your cool, can I say that? Your cool big sister. Let me do it. Just let me do it. Oh, God. What the fuck is going on? I got invited to a party the other day, and I almost, I was like considering it. I immediately felt stressed out, and I felt a, many different feelings. I was happy to be invited. 
I love the phone call I got from the woman who invited me. She was so funny. She was like, I got to break you out. I'm going to break you out of lockdown. How can I break you out? And I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh, not COVID. What is that though? Just, I sprayed too much Listerine mint spray in my mouth because I got too excited. Um, how dare you? Anyway, so I get invited to this party. And actually, my reaction wasn't so different. My internal reaction wasn't as different or so different as it is or was from before pandemic, which is usually like, oh, my goodness. Yay. Thank you. Okay, great. I'll be there. And then I already know like a half hour before I'm supposed to be there. I'm just going to be like, I can't do this. I don't want to. See, I love quarantine life. I love the quarantine lifestyle. I was born to quar, quar. Anyway, disgusting. Okay, I was born to quarantine. I love it. I, I don't have a fear of going out, but I have a joy of staying in. Um, I like it. I would do it before pandemic where days would go by and I wouldn't leave my place. And then I'd be like, why am I feeling a bit anxious and stir crazy? And, um, and then I was able to go meet up with friends and go to a restaurant and have dinner with people and whatever. Can't do that now. I, now I'm getting mulchy. I have to get out and walk. I don't know what this episode is going to be. It's going to be very caffeinated. Yeah, we'll find out when I start the show. Okay, but I haven't started yet. So just be cool, everybody. Just relax, okay? I'm a bit mulchy, which means it's my way of saying... I could be more toned and firm. I'm happy with my body. Uh, if you and I are already friends on Instagram, you may have already unfollowed me, but uh, maybe you know that I'm happy with my body because uh, I've been posting a lot of uh, thirst traps lately. I'm very into that because I feel like if I'm not dating anyone and I'm not having sex with anyone, uh, that's not going to stop me from putting on my finest lingerie and just you know throwing it out into the world. And now I'm getting into this thing that I think is kind of fun, but... I have to do it more called the neurotic thirst trapper, which is basically like me just making a video of myself talking, like imagine this podcast, but me wearing lingerie. So there's, you know, a video, video component of me in lingerie and then me just talking the way I talk. Anyway, I just got my period. I didn't want to talk about it, but if you insist, um, so I'm, a, I'm in a bit of pain, but the pain of not having put out a podcast, I was going to say trumps my period pain, my excruciating period pain. Um, I should just get to the emails. I don't know. I'm not miserable. I'm not depressed. I just feel like it's been too much. We've, we're done. Okay, we did it. We did the pandemic, all right? It's, getting, it's bleak. It's like we're so close to a vaccine. There is a vaccine. There's a vaccine, all right? Oh, and that's why I said no. You know, I didn't go to the party because I almost did. I was like, maybe I'll just go to the party because I haven't been drinking for over a year. It would be cool to see if I could just be grounded enough in myself to go to this thing, stay outside, wear a mask and not drink. Could I do that? And I thought that I could, but then I realized I knew that I could. I had so much faith in myself, but that's not what it was about. It turned into, you know, it's a pandemic. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was like, wait a minute. I barely see my, f I, I don't see my, my like closest friends or my family. 
and we're so close to getting a vaccine. In fact, I've got to go online tomorrow. I could do it anytime. It's, it's the World Wide Web. I can do it whenever. Um, I've got to go online and make an appointment to see so I can get on the, on the waiting list for the vaccine. But I thought we're so close to the vaccine. Why would I tempt fate now? Can't do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. Um, can we talk about Army Hammer for a second? I know the Army Hammer thing is like, it's days old. Oh, by the way, thank God I put out my podcast uh, the last episode, the day before the storming of the Capitol happened, because if I had to talk, if I had recorded my episode the day of the storming of the Capitol or the, the day after, oh my God, way too much to unpack. Jesus fucking Christ. I think that's why I've not put out an episode for like so, so many days. It's almost been two weeks just because I was like, oh my God, really? even though the silver lining, if there is one, is the fact that uh, the Republican Party is so divided now or is, you know, because the Trumpers and Republicans are dividing that it makes the Democratic Party stronger. If, you know, if there's anything good to come out of that fucking debacle, oh my God. Unfucking believable on so many levels. But again, I told you, stop. I said we're not going to talk about anything important. And I don't think the army hammer thing is important unless we find out a year from now or whenever that he has actually murdered someone. If you don't know what I'm talking about, immediately Google, please, please. I can't get into all of it, but what happened is, uh, I don't need to explain this. Everybody living under a rock, army hammer, somebody outed his sexual, like his kinky fetish, sexual BDSM, sex, sexual texts, cyber fucking texts. Uh, they were exposed, his, his DMs. And in the DMs, I, you know what? Somebody needs to send me a link. Please send me a link if you have all the information about what he said because I don't have all of it because I didn't have the attention span. I'm putting that out there. Like I'm not like some aficionado of what Army Hammer is all about, what he's capable of, what he did, what he didn't do, what he said, what he thought, what he felt. I skimmed, okay? I read what I needed to read to have some kind of uh, semblance of a feeling about whatever. Okay. So let me get this straight. He was sexting with somebody, multiple people, but one person, House of Effie, is that who it was on Instagram? And he said things like, I want to drink your blood. I want to cut off your pinky or your toe. Put it in my pocket so I have a piece of you. I want to own you. You're my slave. And like rape fantasy stuff and all this kind of stuff. So I was talking about it with a friend of mine. I have a, I have a friend. I'm not trying to brag, okay? I have one friend. How fucking dare you? God, why are you even tuning in if you're going to be so mean to me? I'm sensitive today. I told you I just got my period, even though I'm usually sensitive like days before. Um, so... I made a joke to a friend of mine. I was like, look at you getting all army hammer over here. And he was like, don't. I was like, don't. And he was like, don't. He's like, don't call me and my perversions. Uh, don't even compare them to army hammer. And I was like, why? Why are you taking that so seriously? He's like, because uh, army hammer is so intense that it makes you think like, has he murdered someone? Like, 
I, I don't know. I need to read more, but I also don't want to. I'm not going to. There are too many other things to do. But uh, if I'm going to talk about it, I should know more about it. So I invite you, the collective uh, Love Alexi podcast audience, send me what you know. Send me your thoughts. Send me your feelings. Send me your, like, whether you're on the side of, like, leave ARMY alone. They were just, like, kink fetish. It's all BDS, BDSM sexual fantasy stuff that wasn't based in reality and was just fantasy, like if you side with that or if you're on that end of the spectrum, send me a voice note or an email giving your feelings. If you're on the other end of the spectrum, which I also totally understand, saying like, oh my God, no, he's a predator. He's a, you know, a manipulator. He's disgusting. He's a murderer. He's a, you know, whatever the words are. Tell me your, your thoughts on that. I want to hear all of it. I want to on a, on a dance and all of it and the glory of all the feelings and all the opinions. Um, but, but you're talking, I mean, I'm a person who watched the show You, uh, on Netflix about the serial killer stalker love addict guy who was like completely stalking his girlfriend, like saving her tampons in a box and like murdering people for her. And I remember watching it with my ex-boyfriend at the time. We were, we were together at the time, but that'd be really weird. Anyway, I remember watching it with him being like, wow, he really loves her. And my ex was like, He's a murderer. He is a murderer. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, but he's so passionate. Anyway, so when I read the Army Hammer stuff, I was just like, oh, my God. He, he's so, like, if I were the girl he was writing to, this says more about me than whatever. Um, I heard the, like, the drinking, the, I read the drinking blood part, how he wants to drink the girl's blood and have a her his paint her pinky or her toe or whatever the fuck in his pocket and I'm like oh my god he just wants to covet her he wants to cherish her so romantic oh it's so nice to be wanted um so, oh my god so that's my problem but here's the thing I'm just making jokes about the thing and trying not to take it too seriously I'm using anything to make me laugh and take my mind off like there there's so many things going on um that this is the least of our worries unless we do find out that there are a slew of murdered, dead corpses as opposed to alive corpses, um, living corpses. Anyway, strewn about uh, in Army Hammer's wake, okay? So now I'm laughing and not taking it all so seriously. And also, I get confused because who is it also? Somebody was, was defending him and his family being like, leave him alone, leave him alone. He's just a nice guy or something. Leave him alone. Oh, that was Bella Thorne. And then people dragged her. They dragged her. They're like, how dare you? We were supportive of you and your trauma and your PTSD from violence or whatever, trauma. I don't know what happened to her stuff. Um, but oh, and they called him a predator and uh, I can't remember all the words, but a lot of people were, were saying... Uh, saying that he manipulated with his celebrity. But here's my question. I'm just posing this question. If you don't agree, I mean, geez, let's just have a conversation about it. Don't, uh, don't cancel me. I'm just asking. I want to have a chat about it, okay? And I'm totally open to hearing whatever you have to say. These women, first of all, Army Hammer, celebrity, actor, position of power over these women, how? How could he have hired these women? Yes, celebrity and fame 
is an enticing, uh, seductive element, but I feel like they were manipulated by his fame. They let themselves be manipulated. I've been in that situation where I've put myself in situations where I'm like, oh my goodness, ugh, I'm going to put myself in this situation and do this thing with this person because uh, I'm enamored with them and I, I want to be near them and I want the attention from them. But if I had owned myself in the moment and I was like, fuck this shit, I would have just stopped texting, stopped engaging, stopped meeting up, stopped this, that, and the other. So I don't know all the ins and outs of the story. Uh, too easy um, with the Army Hammer stuff. But what I'm asking is for uh, a little bit of a dialogue. Because sometimes you also have to know what's running you when you get entangled with someone. And if it's just sexting and this weird fantasy whatever. Oh, and didn't he meet some of these girls? See, this is it. I don't have all the details, but this is what I've been hearing from this influx of stuff I'm getting in my DMs and what I'm, you know, I'm scrolling and reading the news and whatever. He met some of these girls or he met these girls on kink sites. They knew he was married. He said he was going to leave his wife, but they're adult women. He knew. They, these women knew he's married. He's famous. He's married. And yet I'm still messaging and engaging with him. I met him on a kink site where he's saying he wants to do these things. And then you're going to expose the sex the sexual back and forth. I don't know. And some of the girls' messages were conveniently uh, deleted, missing from the, uh, from the exposed DMs. Anyway. Anyway, just a lot to unpack, but I just love diving into shit that doesn't matter right now. I mean, it does matter. It's interesting fodder. All I know is, and I'm not even into the BDSM stuff. Like uh, I'm, I'm very into like, you know, passionate, intense sex. I, I love cyber fucking. I think it's the safest sex you can have. I, you know, I'm not going to say none of your business. I don't want to tell you what I'm into, what I'm not into, because that's my personal business. And the people I want to know that they know that they know what I'm into. But that's not for your delicate ears, but, uh, yeah, I don't want anybody to chop off my toe or my pinky in real life or in a fantasy. The blood drinking, and by the way, wasn't Fifty Shades of Grey about this? And I remember I saw that when I, the whole, uh, I can't even, I can't podcast right now. Can we just do a do-over? Anyway, the entire franchise, isn't that all based on her getting like, st- uh, dominated and tied up? And I remember I saw that on a date with a guy and I was so angry at him the entire movie, even though it was this watered down movie based on this ridiculous best-selling book, 50 shades of gray. But when I saw it, yeah, I was not turned on. I was angry at him because he, I was like, if you're into this, I hate you. If you're into this, it means you hate women and I hate you. Even that's wrong though. Years later, it's just because I have friends who are into BDSM. Now my thing is I just don't judge. As long as everybody's on the same page and has a code word and communicates, that's all that matters. As long as Army Hammer isn't cutting off people's toes and pinkies against their will, I'm fine. And maybe they both are too. Um, 
Yeah, but people have to really pay attention to what's running them. Like, don't tell someone else, you manipulated me with your fame. Um, no. I was going to say no, sweetheart. You let his fame manipulate you. And I might as well be talking to myself and being like, no, Alexi, sweetheart, you let his fame manipulate you because I have lived that and been that person. And I've also been in situations where I've been like, I can't go here. This is too intense. In cancel culture, I can't even talk about this. But uh, in my own personal experience, I know that uh, I was really irritated with the whole uh, Aziz Ansari thing that the girl wrote about him where she's like, and then he invited me to his palatial apartment. Uh, He offered me white wine. I preferred red wine. As if like, what? That's how you're me tooing him? Like, leave, get out. Because there's, you know, I've been in situations with men. I'm going to say this because like, this is what it comes down to. There are definitely rapists, predators, manipulators, people who wield their power Uh, I've been in those situations too, where it's like they're older, smarter, stronger than me. They can hold me down. They can hold a a job over my head. They can have the power to change my life. Um, but I've also been in situations where my own insecurity and fear of not being liked and being too scared to stick up for myself and walk away from something because I'm so confused and conflicted. I've been in situations like that where I've like, didn't, I haven't wanted to have, like years ago, this was like, you know, my teens and twenties last week, just kidding. Um, where I've been in situations where I, I'm, I'm making out with a guy and then while we're making out and there's booby suckling happening, at first I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I want to have sex. And then I'm like, uh, I don't think I do, but then I don't say, I didn't say anything. I didn't say I didn't want to. And I actively had a conversation with myself in my brain, in the moment, thinking, you know what? I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say no. It's too awkward. We're so close to, I mean, I've had sex before. I'm just going to keep going. And the guy has no idea what's going on in my head. I'm going along with it, but I'm actually having a conversation in my head where I'm like, do I want to go through the whole uncomfortable thing of like, you know what? Stop. I don't want to. And by the way, I have done that too, and you know, coming of age and growing self worth, and and being able to stick up for myself, and having more confidence, and you know, sometimes you just find yourself in different moods where you're like, Ugh, I don't know, but then that's on me. I can't all of a sudden turn around and be like, well, I didn't want to, but I didn't tell you, so now it's your fault because you know everything about life because you're the man and you've got the manual and uh, you're stronger and you have all the responsibility in every single thing that I do. Well, no, sometimes it was my fault because I didn't take care of myself. And other times I've straight up been like a guy's blocked the door, blocked the door, not left me like leave a room, pinned me to the ground and tried to rape me. Like, you know, like, so I've also experienced that where I'm like, get the fuck off me. Or I've had to like put my hand over my vagina and be like, get off me or just say something. I remember one time I actually told a man, I was like, I have my period. And that grossed him out enough to get up. I didn't even have my period. And it grossed him out enough to get up off me. What a fucking asshole. Disgusted by my period, but saved me from being raped. Um, anyway, 
These are my personal stories. Somebody's walking up the stairs. It's, it's, I'm getting canceled. Somebody's coming to my door. Anyway, that's just me unpacking different levels of, um, I guess it's just between men and women. It's, this is a wider conversation, but as I'm, I'm talking about Army Hammer and whoever these girls were or whatever, but I don't know the full story about that. I was just taking it back to me and all of a sudden this became an excuse for me to talk about when I need to own my own lack of being able to explain my feelings and stand up for myself and, uh, speak my truth, if you will, um, and say no to a situation. At times I haven't, times I have. Anyway. And sometimes you don't even know what you want in a moment, and then you're like, then you just regret it, and you're like, ugh. Because there is no manual, and every experience you have teaches you more and gets you to the next level of your life experience, and you're constantly growing and evolving and learning and every situation just teaches you more about what you want for your life and what you do not want for your life. And you know what I like? Quarantine life where I don't have to worry about any of this and I can have cyber sex, sex, cyber sex and, um, and post thirst traps. And then it's all clean, compartmentalized. So everybody can just stay the fuck away from me and live in my phone. So I can ignore you when I want to. And I can pay attention to you when I want to. Anyway, I'm sure you just said about a million things that are going to make people angry. And uh, I'm just a person living my life. If you're upset or I triggered you or whatever, please send me an email to dearlevelexy at gmail.com. Um... All right, I'm going to read your emails right now. I'm going to read your emails right now. By the way, probably I should have said this before, but who cares? I was going to say it at some point during the show. If you like this podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment, tell your friends, tell anybody who will listen. Um, if you want to support the show and make a donation, that would be fucking incredible. This is my full-time job. Just trying to give a little bit of myself, make myself vulnerable, hopefully make you feel either less alone or better about yourself because you're not me and uh, exposing so much of yourself uh, that you could be canceled. Um, yeah. So if you'd like to donate to the show and be like, wow, Alexi, I really like what you're doing. Thank you so much. Um, you can do so via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. And uh, let's do this. Let's fucking get to the printed out emails. Here we go. This is from Becca. Alexi, just finished your podcast with relationship coach James Hanarana. Is that his name? I think it is. Hanaram? So long ago. It was life before quarantine pandemic. Anyway, back to the email. Anyway, I don't know how to spell it, Alexi, but damn, he was full of incredible advice for dealing with men, which as a daddy wound girl myself, I needed desperately. But I just want to thank you so, so, so much for your vulnerability around how you behave in relationships. I'm in a new one that, like all the others, seemed so promising until I started in with some subconscious sabotage and realizing that although my partner isn't perfect, 
I am in this pattern of ensuring that no matter who I am with, I am never happy. Lately, I feel like I have a big scary mirror in front of myself and I'm having to face this vicious cycle of perpetuating my deepest fears coming true. At least I can count on those, right? Anyway, I could carry on forever about this, but um, but ultimately I'm writing to say thank you. Thank you for being so brave. Thank you for admitting your flaws and fears and being so relatable. It gives me hope because despite all your admission to bad behavior, you seem pretty awesome, which means that maybe despite all my shit, I'm still awesome too. Oh my God, you are completely awesome, Becca. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, everybody is. We're all just having to get rid of all the bullshit that keeps us from being our actual selves uh, because we are so apologetic about all of it and feel so guilty. Like we can't just like be allowed to exist and like ourselves. Anyway, um, and that's it. That is the email from Becca. Just a sweet, complimentary, loving email. Well, thank you so much, Becca. And if anybody wants to listen to the episode she's referring to, uh, I got it was um, just scroll Spotify, iTunes, wherever this you're listening to this podcast. Scroll, scroll, scroll. It's uh, you know sometime back in uh, 2019. Um, my interview with a uh, conversation with relationship coach James Hanaram, I believe. All right. Ooh, uh uh-oh. Yikes. Go from a complimentary email to this one entitled Unattractive Girlfriend. I'm already scared. Okay. Well, at least somebody else can be canceled in this episode. What the hell is going to happen here? Dear Alexi, I'm a guy in my early 50s whose wife of 20 years left over a year ago. As sucky as the lockdowns have been, the isolation helped kickstart some deep work that I have been avoiding. And I have really learned to be comfortable with myself and my desires. I got on some dating sites and quickly met a fantastic woman. She is beautiful, a lifelong athlete, intelligent, financially secure, compassionate, and adoring. Financially secure is so important, isn't it? It really is. Anyway, that's me just chiming in, Alexi here. Okay. Um, She was the first woman I had sex with after my breakup. And she has helped me deal with feeling able to be intimate again. Unfortunately, I don't feel like I ever knew who she really was. I always got the impression that she was trying to be what she thought I wanted and most likely couldn't really be herself. So I broke up with her and have tried to convey my lack of interest when she reaches out to me. Let me read this again. So I broke up with her and have tried to convey my lack of interest when she reaches out to me. All right, Chester, I'm just going to chime in right here. Just Tell her you're over it. But anyway, I'm going to keep reading her email. Back to the email. Alexi, eventually loneliness reared its head again and I joined another dating site. The challenge is that most women on dating sites are not interesting to me. I am really only interested in, uh, interested in eclectic, spiritual, or hippie-ish women. I finally met a woman who really seemed to be on a similar wavelength. After some intensive chatting and negative COVID tests, we met for a weekend rendezvous. We had a great weekend. We talked and talked, played some board games, threw some disc golf, and spent a lot of time in bed. Now we're talking, Chester. I was so vulnerable with her, and we really connected on a spiritual level. The challenge is, the challenge is, Alexi, she has a body like Mike in Monsters, Inc. Please believe I am not only interested in toned athletic bodies, I actually find women with so-called mom bods the most attractive. 
Thanks for all of your amazing otherworldly insights. Signed, Chester. Chester, Chester. Well, listen. You knew what she looked like, right? Before you hung out with her. And by the way, what does Mike and Monsters Inc. look like? I love that you actually think I would know who that is. Like, let me, should I feel guilty for not knowing what Mike from Monsters Inc. looks like? Do I have to Google this right now? I'm imagining, I'm I'm just imagining SpongeBob SquarePants, so I hope that's fine. Um, I'm just imagining somebody rotund, beautifully rotund or square. And I've never heard of a mom bod before. I hear of dad bods. Anyway, whatever. So... You're having, you're fucking the girl. Sorry, I'm getting crude. I'm, uh, you know, let me alone. Let me just live. Let me live. Okay. Sorry for that swallow, that intense swallow. That was the ASMR portion of the show. Um, so you were fucking a fantastic woman, but you felt she couldn't be herself with you. You didn't tell it. What I'm getting from you, you didn't tell that fantastic woman who was kind of putting on some kind of air, a bit of a performance, trying to be who she thought you wanted her to be. You didn't tell her that. You didn't level with her and say, hey, I'm getting this real feeling that you're not being completely yourself and you know, letting your guard down. You didn't tell her that, I assume, because you didn't care enough because if you go that deep in with someone emotionally, then it's like it's you get even closer and it's like you're not trying to do that. I don't know. So then you don't... I'm getting the... I just want to break down all this info and like this is what I'm assessing. So you try to get out of that. Again, not being direct. It doesn't sound like you were direct. You're just trying to give her the impression uh, that you weren't so into it. All right. Okay. Sounds like she's out of the picture. You had a great time with this hippie, sexual, great time in bed woman, but you don't like what her body looks like. Well, you know what? There's an episode of Sex in the City like this. There's an episode about everything you've ever gone through on Sex in the City. No matter what your gender, no matter what your sexual preference, I'm sure one of the girls has faced it. Um... One of Carrie's friends was dating a girl. He wasn't attracted to They had great sex. He could be himself with her. And uh, he blew it. By the time he realized she was great, she was gone because he didn't appreciate her enough and uh, not in time. Anyway, do you want that to happen to you? Are you ma- I, mean, I don't know. Accept her or don't. Accept her or don't. You can't go in thinking you're going to pay for a trainer or you're going to try to put her on a diet or like change her in any way, shape, or form. Don't do it. It's cruel. It's mean. Either let this be an exercise in acceptance or know yourself enough and make this decision on your own. I don't know if you meditate. Sounds like you might if you like these hippie, cool women. Get quiet with yourself on your own time. Don't waste this Monster Mash lady's time. I know it's not Monster Mash. Monsters, Inc. Sorry. Um, And think to yourself, do I want to keep getting to know her? Do I like her enough to want to keep engaging with her because the fact that you have an issue with her body that's not her problem that's your problem all right 
And I will be damned if I'm going to sit here playing the part of your big sister, the big sister you never knew you needed or wanted. I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and let you fuck with some woman, Monsters, Inc. body or not. Okay? She's sacred. She's gorgeous. She is uh, worthy of love. And I don't want you to fuck with her emotions. All right? There's too much going on. So are you in or are you out? If you're lukewarm and you're judgmental and you're cringing and you're bothered, let her go lovingly and let her know. Don't just ghost her. Just say something like, you know what? I just don't feel... There's a slew of wonderful things you can say that keep it light and casual, but keep it moving. How about, uh, I'm just... uh, I just don't... I I don't feel the, the chemistry or I think it's too soon. I just, I got out of a thing and, uh, you know, I just don't, you know, it's not a good time. It's not a good time or something like that. Um, but I wish you well and it was so nice meeting you and I had such a blast with you and, you know, keep it loving, upbeat, not confusing. Don't keep her on the back burner and text her when you're lonely. Um, but I think I've said it all. So there's possibility with you and her, but you've got to come to terms with that in your own time with yourself. And then when you know what you want to do, then move forward in or out. All right. Oh, God. I feel like I'm actually hanging out with friends and I was like reading that. Oh, my goodness. On to the next email. All right. Hi, Lexi. I'm the guy who sent the 100-page large font email that you read and discussed in your Christmas episode about realizing I had a social media addiction and unhealthy crush addiction issues after my celebrity crush followed me on Instagram and I ended up behaving in a regrettable way. I came across as quite entitled in my email. So thank you to you and your listeners for not calling me out on that. My own shitty behavior of being overly defensive when I was rejected. Aw. And thanks for the advice you gave. Thank you for the advice that you gave, Alexi. I've been a bit slow to find the 12-step program you suggested. Oh, uh, I suggested Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Um, All you have to do is Google it. Google it if you want to find it. You can go to online meetings. It's just really great. It's about, you know, not putting, not giving away your power to, it's like, it's like when you make a a love interest, um, when you make that your drug of choice and you make anybody sex and love and attention and validation have power over you and that dictates your mood and can create a lot of suffering. So some people snort cocaine and other people snort people. Um, so that's what that 12-step program is for. And it really remember, it reminds you to um, put yourself first. There's like a saying where it's like, put your mask over your face before you, when you're on an airplane, put the oxygen mask over you before you put it over your child because you can't help anybody else if you, if you can't help yourself. If, you know, you got to help yourself first or else you can't help anybody else. I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, all right. I'm not miserable. That sign wasn't misery. It was just, I really have to start exercising because I'm going to get a mom bod. What's a mom bod? I should be, people should be so lucky to have a mom bod to create a child in their womb. Thank God for mom, mom bods. That's what makes the world go around. Jesus. Anyway, um, I've been a bit slow to find the 12-step program that you suggested, Alexi, uh, as that's a new world to me. But thank you for planning that idea in my mind. In my last email, I didn't want to emphasize 
what an amazing person this celebrity is, as I'm aware that I sound like I'm still putting her on a pedestal. But in reality, this person is someone who, unhealthy crush issues aside, I genuinely admire and has influenced me and many others and created music and art that I've loved. So I know you love David Lynch. Imagine he followed you on Instagram and he was really nice to you. Oh, I see what you're doing, Ben. Oh, okay. You were framing it to make it like if David Lynch followed me. Oh, fuck. That would blow my mind. I would probably just like I, I, murder his wife. I'm just kidding. I was horrible, horrible. Bad jokes. That was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. Okay. Um, anyway, so I know you love David Lynch. Imagine if he followed you on Instagram and he was really nice to you. And then one day you acted like a jerk to him and ruined the friendship and he now potentially hates you. Well, let me just chime in real here, real quick here, Ben. Uh, I don't think David Lynch would hate me. I think he's got a lot of other stuff going on. He would just put his attention on something else. That's what David Lynch would do. I just know it. I can feel it in my bones. I know. Um, it takes a lot of energy to hate. And we only have so much energy. And we got to use it for other things. So... David Lynch is too busy meditating, and I appreciate that. Anyway, so imagine if David Lynch potentially hates you. Uh, broken heart emoji. Do you have any advice on how I roll with this punch or feel a bit less shitty about it? I tried, apolog I tried apologizing to her on her band page to no reply. Sorry if this is doubling up as you already gave me advice. I've been really enjoying the podcast and your Instagram while I deal with my heartache and regrets and the quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution. How dare you? Thanks again. Oh shit, this email. 10 pages long too. Oops, sorry. From Ben. All right, listen, Ben. This email is not 10 pages long, but you were going down a wormhole, a spiraling wormhole. And by the way, the way you're feeling, it's refreshing. I was thinking for a second, like, oh my God, am I getting more emails from men than I do women? But so far, two e emails from men, one email from a woman. And this one is a refreshing surprise because you're going through a shame spiral, uh, usually reserved for women. I feel like we only ever see like women being like, oh my goodness, oh, what does it mean? Oh, he hates me. I'm so embarrassed. Why doesn't he like me? Huh. And uh, so it's kind of nice. It's, it's nice to see uh, see a man be vulnerable and the, the gender reversal, uh, you know, from what we're so used to. Don't apologize anymore. Leave it. You must put your attention on other things. All right? Do you know how many times I've embarrassed myself in my life? thrown up in a sink, gotten too drunk, thrown up in public, uh, been embarrassed, uh, said a dumb thing. Uh, you know, I just listened back to 17 minutes ago on this podcast. My God, you must wrangle your brain and what you're putting your attention on. Only you have the power to do that. She's not thinking about you. And I don't mean that like, fuck you, you piece of shit. She doesn't give a fuck about you. I mean... We're all so wrapped up in our own world. She's doing her own thing. You have to, she's living in your mind rent-free, this woman that you're spiraling over, and everything is okay. Listen to me. Ben, everything is absolutely okay. I promise. I promise. She doesn't hate you. She doesn't hate you. She just doesn't. I know it. And now, 
the responsibility is yours to wrangle your attention and pull it, pull like literally pull the attention and energy you're putting on her and wrangle it away. Pull it away from her and put it on something else, anything else, exercising, jerking off, not to her, not to her, not to me either. Calm down, brother. Jesus, God, how dare you? By the way, I love that you said how dare you in, in an email to me that made me feel very validated, like you listen to me and uh, are paying attention to me, and that's all I want. Um, yeah, read a book, listen to this podcast, as I think you are, uh, you know, plant something in the garden, take an Epsom salt bath if you do that, uh, write something, get, dive into whatever your life's purpose is. What do you love doing? How do you make a living? Do you make a living doing something you love? Would you like to? Figure that out. Spend time with your friends and family. Um, do something that's helpful to another person. So many things. There are so many things to do but you're in your head and you're a bit stuck in your head right now and I get it. So you need to get out of your head and I feel like a really good way to get out of your head and feeling sorry for yourself or worrying about what other people think of you. Cornball statement coming up, but I truly back what I'm about to say. Be in gratitude for stuff. Make a list of like 100 things and if not 150 things, if not 50, 25 things, if not 25, 10 things that you're grateful for, you know? I'm grateful. I'll do it right now. And this, when I do this, you can't feel shitty and miserable when you're doing this exercise. It's, I've tried it and I, I'm a master of feeling miserable. Okay. I've been miserable. I've been low. And then when I've done this, I'm like, oh my goodness, I really can't feel anything but grateful when I'm doing this gratitude exercise. So I'm going to do it right now. Uh, I'm grateful for the roof over my head. I'm grateful for my cozy uh, home that I live in. I'm grateful for these flowers that I'm looking at. I'm grateful for my plants. I'm grateful for my mom. I'm grateful that I have a computer. I'm grateful I have this podcast. I'm grateful for you, the podcast listeners. Um, I'm grateful for Target. I love going to Target uh, for cheap, chic, and uh, just casual, chic, fun things that I can afford. And uh, I'm grateful for bubble baths. Epsom salt baths, Trader Joe's I'm grateful for, uh, the food in my fridge. I'm grateful for the food in my fridge. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for my dad, even though I, I think he's annoying sometimes or I give him grief, but I love him and I love how he's contributed to how he made me. And uh, he's very interesting and a kook and very talented. And so I'm very grateful for my dad and his funny sense of kooky sense of humor. Um, I'm grateful for this uh, rose quartz face roller that I just picked up and now I'm now rolling across my face. Grateful for my bed. Grateful for uh, pandemic rendezvous and cyber sex. Grateful for my family. Grateful for lots of stuff. Anyway, look, I just did. Grateful for my Burt's Bees uh, lip balm. Uh, grateful for the fact that, uh, you know, Trump is no longer our president. Just let's, there you go. Jeez, I feel better already. I actually feel better and lighter. Oh my God, I should have done that before the whole army hammer debacle blab sesh that happened earlier. Anyway, I hope that helps, but you need to, to take control, Ben, of what you are putting your attention on because easier said than done, you determine your mood and the only person whose job it is to make you happy is you. 
So start getting control of what you put your attention on. And if you're drinking alcohol, I would say cut it out, buddy, because it makes it's a depressant and it makes you spiral. It makes me spiral. It makes people spiral, emotionally spiral, because it is a downer depressant. I'm going to read another email. All right. Um, ooh, I think I'm going to botch this name. And I don't want to. All right. Okay. Hey, Lexi. Alexi, hey. I just wanted to get it right. She said Alexi and then hey. Lexi, hey. First off, I want you to know that I adore the podcast and your Instagram. You always inspire me to live my most feminine indie French film life. Oh, my God. I'm in love with you. Oh, my God. What a great way to start this email to me. This is just like... I'm tingling all over. I'm so excited. You just made me come to life. Um, anyway, side note or side note, you know what makes me really happy during uh, pandemics? <laughs> like this one that we're all experiencing? It's my first. Uh, I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed watching French girl tutorials on YouTube, like beauty tutorials. Uh, g- girls wearing striped tops, some of which were interviewed by Alexa Chung. Uh, she's British, but whatever. Uh, talking about lingerie and and, uh, makeup tutorials and uh, just sloppy chic, effortlessly chic looks to throw on trench coats and whatever when you walk out your door. I loved watching those because they made me feel glamorous while being all cooped up in my house. Anyway, you just remind me of that. And by the way, I I hope I don't fuck up your name. Zan? Jean? I'm I'm so sorry. If we were talking, I would say, will you tell me how to pronounce your name so I don't sound like a bonehead? Um, Anyway, Alexi, I'm considering quitting alcohol. During my own meditation practice, I came to realize that all of my worst memories and decisions stemmed from alcohol, and I'm interested in cutting it out of my life. Like you, I don't think it's a huge issue or anything, but I'd like to try... I'd like to try it out. However, I thought this would be easier than it has been. In your last year of sobriety, did you have urges or temptations to drink? If so, how did you push through and stay on the sober path? Are you loving it? Should I stick with this? I'm finding that when I need to be around family or I'm in social situations, I'm craving a drink to take the edge off of the anxiety and awkwardness of life. I need some encouragement. I'd love to hear about how you have stuck with it and the benefits you've experienced in your life from the lifestyle change. Thank you for the Insta stories and bringing back your super cute podcast. Signed, Zan or Jean. Oh, I wish I knew how to pronounce your name. I'm just going to call you my new best friend. All right. um, So many things to unpack here. So many things to say. I fucking love this lifestyle change. I haven't had alcohol. I stopped drinking October 6th of 2019. Uh, so it's been about what, uh, Ooh, it's almost been 16 months. Am I doing the math correctly? Yeah. And, uh, I love it. I, I had, I would have nightmares, um, that I started drinking or I had a drink and I broke, you know, I lost all the time that I've that I have under my belt of not drinking. I love it. And here's why I love it, new best friend. Um, I've never felt more myself in my entire life. I feel so much more clear on who I am. Uh, Also, pandemic, not a lot to celebrate. And I'm not being social. So I'm, I'm not being social, not getting together with anybody 
Uh, I went out to two dinners over the past 10 months uh, in a mask and socially distanced, whatever. Um, and my friends drank. To, I went out with yeah two other people and they drank. We'd all been tested. And I didn't drink. I just got something fun in a cocktail glass. Like I got like something in a martini glass, like a Shirley Temple in a martini glass or grapefruit juice in a martini glass, whatever. Something fun uh, because I noticed it because I wanted to feel glamorous and have a cocktail glass. But and also if and when uh, I go out in the world, when all this is over and we're vaccinated and people we're partying again, like the roaring 20s, um, I'm probably going to get drinks, non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic drinks. I'm not going to say mocktail, but maybe I will. Maybe, maybe I will. Uh, I will continue to get drinks that look like they're alcoholic beverages and let people think I'm drinking alcohol because sometimes uh, I feel like people project onto you. If you're not drinking, they they make it about themselves. Like they feel like they're being judged for drinking when really has nothing to do with them. And they're just like in their own head about their issue and what they feel like they wish they could. I don't know, but I just don't want to deal with anybody else like projecting their, whatever way it is that they're feeling about my not drinking, what it means to them or how it makes them feel about themselves. I'm not interested. It's too much. It's exhausting. I'm I can, you know, I feel like I seem more drunk when I don't drink because I'm completely myself and I'm just like being myself as opposed to when I would drink, it would be to like kind of hide and yeah, take the edge off as you said. And, um, just kind of like, uh, I want to say get foggy, but just kind of like hide and clock out, you know, just like turn off and, uh, and I feel like it's a really powerful thing to be able to walk into any situation and not need to numb yourself, to not numb yourself, not, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a very powerful move and it makes me feel like, and it's also, I remember I used to perform, like I would perform on stage places like and I, and I would like have a drink before I would perform just to take the edge off. But that's like a slippery slope because then all of a sudden, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well I need a drink. You know, I did well last time and I, you know, I had the alcohol to take the edge off. So I need, I, I, I need to have a drink. And, and then all of a sudden you're drinking more. One drink turns into two, turns into three. And then, and then you're just blackout drunk. Saying, oh, and the, and the aftermath of the next day, don't even get me started on that. Okay, then whether you did anything embarrassing or not, you have that depressant, negative, shame, spiral, mood situation hangover the next day, which I am so happy to not be having. I don't have to wake up and go, oh, what did I say? my goodness. Oh God, I've got to text so-and-so and be like, Oh, sorry about yesterday. Sorry. I said that thing or, Oh my God. Uh, was I dumb yesterday? Like, oof, just it, everything. It just makes life so much more simple. And I love that. And I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to diminish myself, shrink myself, numb myself. I can wake up without a hangover my mind is sharpened. I'm happier because I don't have this poison in my system. 
just all around. I just think it's, I just think it's amazing. It's such a wonderful, I feel sometimes I, I don't like to say it all the time. Like, you know, I do give, I give big sister sessions, by the way, that's, I haven't mentioned that in today's episode. If you like any of the advice I'm giving, if you want like a one-on-one hour long session where it's just you and me over a Zoom phone call, a uh, video call, um, I offer these things called big sister sessions where I serve as your big sister, but it's just you and me, all my attention is on you. And oftentimes, um, the, the biggest advice I give is transcendental meditation and removing alcohol from your life for however long you can or you want to try doing that because, my God, it really uncomplicates life. It's a beautiful thing to do for yourself. Um, but, yeah, it's not always easy. But sure as hell is, is easier when you don't have to go out and be social. So I'm going to have to face that at some point um, more in the future after all of this is done, if it's ever done. But I hope that helps and give you, gives you some insight into my feelings on removing alcohol. Um, yeah. And also, if anybody likes the idea of having a one-on-one big sister hangout sesh with me, just click the link in my Instagram bio at Alexi Wasser, and you will find all the information, uh, yeah, by clicking that link. And you can schedule an appointment. Just you and me, baby. Just you and me. Anyway, I'm going to read the final email of the evening. Um... Renan? Renan? All right. I got to... How am I supposed to know how to explain to pronounce names? I'm just... You know, at least I have a willingness to ask people to their face. That's my favorite thing to do is I go, tell me how to pronounce your name so I don't fuck it up. That's my favorite thing to do. Some people just blindly, they have no idea how to pronounce a name. They just like, they're so bold about it. Um, People mispronounce my name all the time. Alexi, Alexia, Alexis. Anyway, sometimes I correct them, but other times I don't want to. Maybe that's a self-esteem thing, but then I also just don't want to be like, I just don't care enough. Today I went to, a, I went to my big highlight of the day. My big Sunday highlight was uh, I drove through the uh, Star, Starbucks drive through and I got my iced venti vanilla non-fat latte. And they went, hey, welcome to the Starbucks, uh, you know, uh, what's your name? Who am I talking to? The person was being really sweet and cheerful. And I was like, oh God, what a lovely attitude this person has. A beacon of hope and light in this world. And I went, hey, I'm Alexi. And they were like, hi, Leslie. And I thought, that's funny. That's my mom's name. I've never had somebody mistake my name, Alexi, given to me by my mother, Leslie. I've never had my name misinterpreted and pronounced Leslie. But, you know, I thought it was kind of exciting. I got to tell my mom. I forgot to tell my mom that. I'm going to text her right now. Anyway, so again, pardon me if I'm mispronouncing your name. Know that I only have love for you in my heart. And one day um, you will send me a, a voice note telling me how to pronounce it via Instagram DM or a voice note via email. Dear love Alexi at gmail.com. And by the way, 
I want to encourage more voice notes, but maybe you are all shy out there. Maybe if you're shy, you don't want to send a voice note. Well, I don't mean to be so bossy. All right, do whatever you want. I'm just saying. And another thing, sometimes I know that people listen to this show and they think, I want to send in a, I want to send in an email, but she, Alexi has enough. Leslie has enough uh, emails. I don't need to send one in. She'll, she'll have enough. It won't matter if I don't send one in. No, it matters. So if you are out there and you want to send me an email, I want to hear from you. You have no idea. This is just as much for me as it is for you. I love this. We're all connected via this in this weird time. Thank God for technology. Thank God for podcasts and emails I can receive from you and voice notes if you want to send me them via email, dearlovealexi at gmail.com. Thank goodness for Instagram, which I truly feel for the first time in my life uh, or however long it's existed, uh, is serving a, a pivotal, important role in the world, keeping us connected. We are so lucky to be able to... We're not so lucky to experience a, a, a pandemic, but we're so lucky to have all this technology at our, at our fingertips so we can like Marco Polo and send each other, you know, videos, saying hello, checking in, keeping connected, voice notes, DMs, Instagram, what's happening in your life, in your cocoon. Anyway, what the hell is my point? My point was send me your email if you want to, because it matters. And when I get them, it means something to me. I'm, I'm, it's like very important, beautiful thing. Anyway, final email of the today's episode of today's episode. Hey, Alexi, how are you doing? Hope you're doing okay in this quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution. Oh, fuck. I love it. I love it. When you write me an email and you use my phrasing, my phrases, my catchphrases, you don't understand. It's like orgasm worthy. That was so fucking hot to me. Oh God, I love it. Oh, all right. Sorry. I hope you're doing okay in this quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution. Anyway, here's my problem in quotations. Uh, I have been thinking about stopping drinking. Oh my goodness. I can't, another one of these emails. I love it. Uh, I am 27 years old and I don't know how to drink. I am not an alcoholic. The problem is that I don't know how to recognize when I'm getting too drunk. I would say that uh, a third of the times that I drank, I ended up forgetting what I did because I drank too much. So here's the problem. All my friends drink and we are basically always in parties and places where not drinking is basically not accepted. I have already started cutting most alcoholic beverages out. Right now, I only drink beer and wine. Although some of my friends have been somewhat not thrilled about this change, they in general have been supportive. My actual worry is that if I ever stop drinking entirely, maybe I will stop having that much in common with my friends. I always enjoyed going to parties, but for the most part, I have always been drinking on these and I fear that sober, I may not enjoy as much. I don't know if you had these questions since you stopped drinking, were there things that you enjoyed doing while drinking that you do not while you're sober? It's unfortunate to say, but drinking has been a part of my life since I was 16, and I fear that without it, I may not be as much fun at parties or not enjoy them at all. I know it's not that big of a problem, but I wanted to know your thoughts. Also, just wanted to say that I love your Insta stories. Keep doing them. The more, the better. Signed, Renan. Renan? Renan. Either way... Fantastic email. And there's a follow-up that says, P.S. Alexi, also just a disclaimer, 
I have not been going to parties during the quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution. This is something that I have been thinking about before all this started and something to worry about after it's all over. I just wanted to clarify that. Oh, thank you for clarifying that. What a beautiful, beautiful email. Um, how interesting, how interesting that that I got two emails that I, and I just happened to, because I read these emails just, uh, I go in blind. I don't know what I'm about to read. I feel like that was politically incorrect uh, to the blind community. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, I don't know. I, I go in not knowing what, e- what the emails are going to say. So I'm apologizing for that is what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to try to reword what I intended. I read the emails without knowing what they're about, not having read them before. Um, and I love the fact that I got, I read two emails back to back that had to do with inquiring about not drinking. Well, for both of you, beautiful to be thinking about this. And you know what? If you lose friends as a result of not drinking or you don't have as much fun at the party and were they, how good of friends, I mean, how close and good of friends are they? But I get it. It is uncomfortable. It is easier just to take the edge off and have a drink. But let me tell you, the strength of not drinking, the clarity you get, it just removes so much depression, like shame, embarrassing things that can happen. Listen, every time I drank, something horrible didn't happen. But every time something horrible happened, it's when I had been drinking. And I have been in life-threatening situations, dangerous situations, um, gotten myself into situations where I'm like something sexually dangerous could happen. Um, God, when I was younger, I, I drove drunk. I think when I was a teenager, it's a miracle I'm alive. Uh, I've said and done things and just, you know, again, back to vomiting in public or saying something embarrassing or the list goes on. There are a million things that can happen, but just when you're out of control, when you're not in control of yourself, it's scary. And, you know, I don't have all the answers. Obviously I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just, uh, you know, wanting to be your friend and your, your, uh, big sister on loan. But, um, you're great without alcohol. You don't need it. And you'll see that. Wouldn't it be nice to prove that to yourself and just like show yourself that and do it as an experiment? Like right now it's actually, I said it before, I'll say it again. It's easier not to drink because there's nothing. There's not much to celebrate. And we're supposed to be quarantining. We're not supposed to be getting together and going to parties. We're not supposed to be going to restaurants and being social and having drinks with people. And, uh, you know, you don't need to drink by yourself. And there are lots of alcohol substitutes. I actually just bought a batch of alcohol substitutes that are like these fun kind of like, I'll, I'll let you know in the next episode if they're good and what they're called. I, it's, I, uh, I can't remember what they're called. I bought them. My, my, my addiction is Instagram. So I have, an, I, have an addic- I have an addiction to Instagram and coffee. Maybe more so Starbucks. Starbucks, Target, Instagram, and um, sexting, I think, or romance is my, I don't know if that's an addiction. 
because I'm I can I can I can leave all of it. I'm fine with them. I, these are just things I very much enjoy: Target, coffee, Instagram, and romance, baby. And saying baby, it's becoming a big uh, addiction for me as well. Anyway, I know you can do it. If you don't want to drink, pay attention to that instinct and that feeling, and follow it and go where it leads you because. I promise you, I know this, life only gets better if you remove alcohol from your life. It just does. Some people can drink in moderation and it's fine, nothing bad happens and or whatever. But if you already know yourself enough to know that you're, you're finding yourself embarrassed and weird shit's happening and, and uh, you just prefer not to drink, yeah, that's not a mistake that you're feeling that way. That's not some wacky, weird coincidence. So I would say follow that. Follow your gut instinct because life only gets better when removing alcohol. I promise you. I know that for me. It, I, mean, there, I mean, it can't get worse. Not drinking does not make your life worse. It really doesn't. I promise it only makes it better. It only makes it better. But you're going to do what you want to do. I think 12-step meetings are fantastic because then you're like, you don't feel alone and you're with a bunch of other people who are trying to like remove this addictive substance from their life. You can always look into AA 12-step meetings. Um, Everything's there at your fingertips online, whatever country you're in, they're all over the world. And uh, there's always a support system and a support group if you want to, and oh my goodness, and so many incredible people that you probably don't even realize don't drink. You can Google people, you know, whatever. Not that, not that celebrities are gods, even though, let's face it, they are. Just kidding. Uh, but if you want to Google, I was like shocked. I, I like, uh, I follow all these like, um, I'm not even in Alcoholics Anonymous, but I don't drink, but I do 12-step programs, but I'm in a different 12-step program. None of your beeswax. Anyway, um, but I removed alcohol from my life so I could have more clarity and understand myself more so I could really get a handle on who I am, why I make the decisions that I make, what my triggers are, why I react the way I do. You know, I want to understand my upbringing. I want to understand how it affects my day to day and my relationships, my romantic relationships. And just, I wanted to get to know myself. I thought I knew myself. I had no idea. Uh, And removing alcohol gave me so much clarity that now I'm like, why would I ever drink again? It would be a moment of weakness where I just don't, I feel very insecure and I want to like hide. I want to hide in plain sight. So anyway, if you Google people, oh, oh yeah, I follow these um, Instagram accounts. Um, like, oh God, I can't remember what they're called, but just like sobriety Instagram accounts that are kind of funny memes and whatever. Funny memes. Uh, but they just make me, it's like, it makes me feel like, oh, not drinking is cool and cool people don't drink too. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean I'm just some boring dork who doesn't drink. I just, I'm stronger. I'm more solid. I'm actually so much more confident. It's definitely a confidence booster, not drinking because I don't feel like the hangover, the weakness, the poison in my system, the regrets, the shame, the, you know, it's just, it's just not good for your body. And over, you know, the older you get, the worse it is for you. It's just fucking poison. Um, but I was shocked. Like Anthony Hopkins, he hasn't had alcohol in how long? He's sober. It just, and I read something he wrote on his Instagram about like just how long he's been sober for, maybe 50 years and, there are just so many wonderful, badass, interesting 
I know the word badass is kind of annoying. I feel like it's so overused and we're over it, but I just used it. But, you know, for lack of a better word, there's so many fucking cool, badass people who are just the coolest, so interesting, fascinating, wild lives. And they've learned enough along the way to know that like alcohol, they would die if they kept drinking. It's not, does not serve their life. And thank God they had that realization because the power that, if you can get through life without drinking and not having to dim yourself, numb yourself, you know, and use alcohol to take the edge off, fuck, it's so powerful. Wow. Is that a confidence booster? It's just, there's a strength that comes with that. And you'll find that you can, wouldn't it be amazing to find out you can be in any situation or actually leave any situation. You don't need to just use alcohol to help you be somewhere you don't want to be that would be otherwise unenjoyable if you weren't fucked up. You know what I mean? Then you can like really take it in. Do I like these people? Who am I hanging out with? What the fuck is going on here? I don't like these bozos at all. No disrespect to clowns. Anyway, and if you're like, I would rather be home. Like for me, I love being home. I have my select group of friends. I have no problem saying I don't want to hang out if I don't want to hang out, especially during a quarantine lockdown. Uh, you know, and now at least I can pause before I reveal and overshare. And at least I know I'm doing it on my terms uh, as opposed to like, whoa, I just drunkenly say everything. No, there's so much strength. It is so fucking cool to not drink. That's what I think. And by the way, makes your skin look great. If you want to be a superficial jerk about it, that's fine with me. It is, it is nice for the skin. Nice for the skin. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever your gender, it's good for your skin to not drink. You will glow. People will be able to tell too. I, it's so weird. I, I didn't tell anybody I stopped drinking. Now, now I'm like shouting it from the rooftops. I mean, I say it on the podcast because, you know, I'm honest with you and vulnerable. It's not like I'm like telling everybody I cross paths with, at, uh, you know, at Gelson's or wherever I go, Trader Joe's. Whole Foods, but people I've known, not just my mom, people will come up to me and say like, oh my goodness, your eyes look different. You're like glowing. You're, you know, it's like you have a, sh you're like shining from within or something as cornball as that sounds. Other people notice. That's what I notice about med the gifts of meditation and not drinking. Other people will reflect to you. Uh, other people will let you know the changes that are going on with you before you even realize them. People will be like, you seem calmer. You seem really happy. Wow, you're glowing. And you're like, really? Oh. Hmm. Anyway, listen, I answer your emails. I'm in a mood, but I'm not, I'm not in a bad mood. Oh, by the way, I have two. Oh God, that was very loud. That was loud for my headphones. Sorry, everybody. I apologize. I hope everybody's okay that burst of sound. Um, I have two ways of saying, using the word mood. Well, they're two different words, mood and moody. But if I say I'm in a mood, it means I'm feeling sexual. And if I say I'm moody, it means I'm not feeling good. I'm feeling emotional. I'm feeling tender. So right now, how do I feel? I'm not in a mood. I'm not feeling sexual. I'm not quite moody, I don't think. I guess this is the part of the show where I just check in with myself and pretend I've already finished the podcast. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know what's going on right now during the inauguration. I'm going to read the news tomorrow morning. I'm going to read the news <sighs> hoping there isn't crazy mayhem happening. I hope nobody gets hurt. Oof. But whatever's happening out there, I will be quarantining in my cubby hole that is my home. And I'm sending all of you lots of love. And thank you for all of your emails. And I will try to be better about making this a weekly podcast, but I'm also strongly considering making it kind of an art project where I, I number every episode and it becomes like a, a numbered edition art piece situation where maybe it'll be like a, a run of 20 quarantine lockdown pandemic revolution episodes. This is episode six. This is, this is number six, but I don't know. Whenever my intuition calls and tells me to, I was going to say drop like a shoe, like a new shoe at Supreme. Whenever my intuition calls me to drop the next episode of the Love Alexi podcast, that's when it will be dropped. And when it does drop, I hope you're there to catch me. Anyway, thank you for listening. And most important, I love you. <laughs> <laughs>